It's time for the End of Conversation Podcast With funny man Damian Lemon And the voice of your choice Ali Muhammad Yeah, this is Damian Lemon This is Ali Muhammad And this is In the Conversation The podcast Yes, yes We back We black It's all year It's the history The future The present Black history year We here Women's history year, women's year, we here. Spring is springing out this motherfucker. This shit has sprung. It's nice as shit outside. I walked outside. I couldn't believe it. You ever? T- I know I'm getting old because I'm impressed by the weather. Like that shit was a pair of sneakers. I said, oh, it's nice outside. It's beautiful. Whoa. I like this. I take a walk. Oh, anyway, man. man, how you doing? And I wish I was... 25% as good as you. <laughs> I don't even know how long it's going to last. Hey, this man, shit don't worry last about how long minutes. it's going to last. You enjoy it while you're in it. You know what I'm saying? You're, in, you're, inspiring, hey. you're inspiring the world. I'm inspired to be, you know what I'm saying, sprung into spring. Well, there it is. There it is. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling good, man. I took a, I took a walk around the block. Couple hours ago, and I was like, "Damn, shit is nice outside." Like I should have came out here a little earlier today. Nah, that's what's up. But, uh, yeah, man. What's good with you, man? How you doing? What you still in the A? Or yeah, you yeah. Back I'm, in, I'm, in, uh, I'm in the A. Okay. I'm in the A. You know what I'm saying? I've been okay. you know, in the, in the studio, so I ain't really seen what the weather was. It was nice. Okay. I guess it was nice. You know what I'm saying? But when you passing through and not paying attention, you know what I'm saying? You miss right. the niceness that's right in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then you got to mm. get it vicariously from somebody else when maybe all you need to do is go outside. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, So that's how I'm feeling yeah. right now. Like, damn, maybe I play myself. Maybe I should go outside and take a walk. Maybe. Still yeah. still some time. Yeah, still some yeah, time. It's still be Outside is still outside. Yeah, outside yeah, going to be outside. You know. I had to enjoy yeah, it from what? the dark side. You know. Right, that's when you get reflective. Right, you know what I mean. When it's dark outside, you're introspective. Yeah, yeah. So you know, other than that, man, everything good, man. Moving right along, pushing. You know what I'm saying? Getting shit done, having a good time doing it. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, shit, I I can't complain though. You know, because okay. sometimes you know it be the shit you pray for. You know, you be like, damn, I ain't been outside. But it be the same shit you say, you know what? I want to do this and I want to be in this kind of position. So, so, you know, you got to enjoy it where you're at. So it's sunny and beautiful inside the studio. So, you know, all I got to do is go outside and catch up on both sides. Maybe I have have some balance and equilibrium. Right. Perspective. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You find the beauty and which is in front of you. No doubt. Find the beauty in the moment. Yeah, man. I hear that shit. I'm with it. Yeah. Like that, man. So. Yeah, man. So that's what it is. So, uh, so in the ongoing so. saga of, um, one thing that brightened my day, in the ongoing saga of the I Love You Black Man video. Uh-oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> this shit is like a hit single. <laughs> week, week five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Week, week five into the I Love You Black Man viral moment part two. Um. I finally got tagged as an audio source, which, you know, it's not a big deal, but it was a big deal to me because, you know, the video is floating around and flying around and it's tagged. You know, all these other people are tagged as the audio source. Uh, 
and somebody tagged me today as the audio source, and I, I felt good. Like, oh, man, they, you know what I'm saying? Somebody showed love to the originator. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Absolutely got your publishing. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Let me... On the on TikTok or on the gram? This was on the ground. This was on the ground. Okay. Yeah. So did you know who tagged you? No, I didn't. I didn't. uh, You know what I'm saying? It's like, see, sometimes like you know the video is floating from so many different sources, right? And then sometimes, you know, maybe every once in a while somebody will come on the page and hit it on my page, and then so. So from there, you know, you know, it's probably like two, three people a month that it just hit it from my page. But then, mm-hmm. you know, I think somebody that would have hit it normally, they hit it plus they they posted it to their um, videos. So, but then they tagged me as the audio source, which was dope. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. You know, hopefully some people are, uh, you know, spin past your profile, do some lurking and maybe some following. Yeah, you know. You know, again, I had already, you know, um, gave it to the streets, you know what I'm saying? It's for the streets, you know what I'm saying? It's spinning around. I enjoy that it's spinning around. It lets me know that the concept actually worked because, you know, again, we didn't know if it was going to work and if it was going to touch the type of people that it was intended to touch, you know what I'm saying? So to see that it actually worked is the blessing in itself. That's the beauty in itself, right? But, you know, as you grow and you as you do more things, you know, you will hope to get get the due credit, I guess. But it ain't, you know, in this case, it's not really about that now. It's like, damn, that shit actually worked. Now I need to do more shit that works. It resonated. You yeah. realize you got an effect out there. Yeah. It's yeah. got to keep going. You're part yeah, of the man. lexicon. You know what I'm saying? That was one of my goals in life. You know what I'm saying? To make some shit that's part of the black lexicon, you know? Mm. That mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If in the end you want that that era defining work, you know what I'm saying? But to be a part of it, you know, even in a small way, it, it's like damn, okay, you know what I'm saying? You left something. Now you just gotta mm-hmm. keep leaving something, you know what I mean? Right. I was I was talking to somebody and I was like, Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm a I'm a viral. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, ah, oh, you only went viral once. And I was like, oh, is, is that a dish? <laughs> and, I was, and then I had to think about it. I was like, nah, this is my second viral. Okay. <laughs> my first viral. Was, yeah, my first viral was Wu Tang with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The viral dance moment with right. DJ Chipman. Yeah, before right. viral was viral. This was, you know what I'm saying? YouTube was new. Uh. <laughs> That'd be dope if they started giving out plaques for people that went viral, you know, send some type of plaque. Maybe maybe it's just a uh, uh, what you call it, a virtual plaque. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, it's a JPEG, you right. know, but you could put it on your put it on your screen, say put it up on your on your desktop. No you know? doubt. No doubt. Viral. So, yeah, man, you know, so, you know, and then just soaking it up, did a little viral moment. And, you know, it actually kind of informs how you want to. You know Produce things In the future You know As you go along Like okay You know Certain Certain things Resonate And how do you Really tap into it And for me um, You know Ever since Just being black You know It's been like Alright How can I Dig into The shit I'm most Knowledgeable about You know Mm -hmm. From a perspective That you know 
me people might not look at it on a day to day. And that's that's why I want to explore, you know what I'm saying, and tap into just the the blackest of the black moments that I feel are nuances, not big wide stretches of black. Just the little shit. The little shit that mm-hmm. people don't pay attention to, the minutia. Right, 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 right. The little shit, but the big shit. You know right. what I mean? I know exactly, you know, you like, oh shit. The shit that you almost, I don't say you assume nobody knew, but you like, you know, it's like, oh wow. Like it's, as soon as you see it, it resonates immediately. Mm-hmm. You like, oh wow, oh wow, they they talking <coughs> about that. They doing that. That's dope. Right. Those moments are fire. Right. You know, I can't think of anything that I could off the top of the head that I have uh that I've uh I could reference at the moment, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of that going on that you see. Right. You and know. Um Because that, for you know, for the longest time, you know, we've been kinda shut out so long when we do get the opportunity, you wanna do it big. You wanna do the big Broad strokes, like you want to make super nigga on the screen, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or the mm-hmm. or the worst of the worst, super thug, you know what I'm saying? Everything got to be to the max, you know, in order for for you to feel like you you made your mark. But in the mm-hmm. process of doing so, we overlook just the regular things that makes us human, you know. That people just look at and be like, oh wow, I never thought black people even breathe air and shit you know what I'm saying <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what <laughs> so right. it's like looking at those moments that may go overlooked in even our in our own media and right. I think that's why I, you know you know I would like to play that's what's up that's what it is you got anything coming anytime soon well you know the HBCU docuseries um, which okay. is specifically Based on homecoming, which is its own little mind. It's not even a little thing. It's a big thing. But mm-hmm. you look at the little things within that big thing. You know what I mean? Just to mm-hmm. kind of, because, you know, when people talk about homecoming, they think about the event, the parties, how much people have. And if you ain't never experienced it, you just would think it's all oh, these, you know, they just going for the party. They going for the good time. They going for the experience. But mm-hmm. what you overlook is why how and why that place even became home to that person. And, you know, people feel like this is home. Like, I felt home when I was there. Like, growing up, I I came of age in there. You know what I'm saying? I, I first time fell in love there. You know, my first little taste of, of life on my own was in these spaces. And it was and really when you're in these spaces as a black person, it's really like maybe the – Shit, the only place where you could be almost free of white people, of police and shit. Just, you know, you just able to live and be and nobody is is not odd for you to just be chilling and frolicking and doing just life shit. Regular old stuff. You don't have to be held to all of these standards every single day. It's just you're able to be free to learn, free to experience. And in that process, when you go back into the real world. You realize, like, damn, ain't nowhere like that. It's no that shit don't really exist nowhere else. So, mm. the more you get away from it, the more you be like, damn. When you go back, it's like, oh shit, this is why this shit was important to my life. And 
yeah. as a lot of people explain in the piece, homecoming is like spiritual. You know what I'm saying? In a way, because you revisit in this space that that doesn't exist nowhere else in the world. So, so it's a a broad look at a very specific feeling of a place and a time. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up. That's next coming up. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. You know, speaking of just black colleges and everything, I'm. I will say that. <clears throat> Not one of the few times, but definitely a time that I could point to to where I realized in the moment how special the moment was, Mm -hmm. was when I was at a black college. Mm -hmm. Like just just being there, it was it was profound, like how different the experience was from every other experience that I had had. And, you know, like when people would come visit, you know, whether my friends, other people's friends, you could you could even see it on their face, Mm -hmm. you know, like. But it was just one of those moments. And I think I think it wasn't all just me being mindful and aware. I do think that they made a they they made a good point of uh, presenting that and communicating that like with the orientation. You know, like they were letting you know, like this is a special spot. Mm-hmm. You know, even before orientation, like when I went to visit, uh, I went to visit campuses, or particularly when I went to visit Clark and Land. I remember the the woman that gave me my tour. She might have been a junior, but she was like, "Look, I'm gonna keep it real with you. You know, you you know, if you don't, you know, basically, in short, like." You don't want to get sent home. You know what I'm saying? Like you wanna you wanna make the most of this. You don't wanna play yourself. Like this, if you and I don't even know, I think I was in at that point, but it was like one of those, you know, nah, if you could if you in here, you wanna stay. You don't wanna go back home, cause trust me, you're gonna feel it. You know? And uh I I definitely every day, even if it wasn't conscious. I would soak it up like good weather, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, you know, like, so I could understand that whole going back to uh, homecoming. It's like going back to the charger, you know, mm-hmm. getting, sitting your phone back on the base, which, the, right. you know, people don't, or, you know what I mean? Charging your phone again, getting some tapping into that energy. Right. Yeah, man, and, that and, means a lot. And that's that's what people were, were kind of breaking down, and that's what we wanted to capture, you know? Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, so... That's 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 real. And, and you see me, I, I never made it to orientation because I came in in the spring. So okay. I didn't get the orientation. And but uh-huh. when I got there, I, you know, I, I've been in black schools all my life. I, you know, every school I went to was black, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're thinking this ain't no different than high school or whatever. You know, what I mean, until you're there and then you realize, like, I'm coming out of Miami. It's the crack era. You know what I mean? Everything is, you know, dangerous and fun at the same time. So the city is dangerously fun. Like, you're having a great time, but there's always that sense of, oh, Lord, this shit going to pop off at any minute. Or, you know, it's just a whole lot on it. You know what I'm saying? Police on tilt. The Jack Boys on tilt. Everything is just a whole lot. And then, so when you're in Miami, you carry yourself with a certain uh, demeanor that I understand What's happening here? You know, you ain't lollygagging through the city. You like, okay, you on point, your head on the swivel. 
Then you get to college and you realize like, damn, everybody else is having fun. They're loose. They're free. They ain't worried about shit. You know what I'm saying? Their head ain't on the swivel. They just chilling. So it's like, you're like, man, am I uptight? <laughs> you know? And then what happens is you start to experience that freedom. You're like, oh, wow. This is freeing. This is light. This is a weight off of my shoulders when I'm here because you ain't got to worry about 90% of the things that you had to worry about when you're in the city. So I discovered it. I, nobody had to tell me it was different. And I didn't get, like I said, I didn't get the orientation. But upon arrival, you discover like, oh, shit, I could just be 18 in this bitch. You know what I'm saying? And be free. You know what I mean? Go to class, get out of class, and frolic, hang on the set. You know, whatever. The day is the day is your oyster. You know, you just roll out like you say, enjoy it. You know what I mean? Experience it, and I try to experience that shit every day. I was there, so yeah. So when you step, so go ahead. ahead. No, no, when you step back, you like you say, you feel that. Go ahead. How soon was it to you? You said you had to kind of loosen up a little bit. You felt like you was uptight. You was mm-hmm. you, you looking around. Mm-hmm. Head was on a swivel. About how long did it take you to kind of decompress to be like to realize? Oh, all right, I'm good. Like I could indulge in right. this uh, this being 18, just being young, black, and free. Right on a certain level. I think. Um Fall sophomore year, so like you know, my it would be my second semester. So I came in in spring, went home, and then came back for the fall, and then I was ready because the fall offers you so much more as as far as the social part of it, like football games and you know classics and you know traveling during Thanksgiving. That was first time I went to Atlanta. Went to Atlanta for the game. So it was a lot of a lot of moving around and a lot of like, okay, oh yeah, it's a hike. <laughs> yeah. And then when you come in in the spring, you're a little bit late on, you know, the um, you know, all of who's who and, and the available women that's available. You know what I mean? So you kinda late. So everybody kinda done did their little choosing and all that. So you like the new cat, so you catching up trying to figure out who's who. So by the time you start to really get your groove, you know, you don't probably only got another month left. So right. by the time you come back in the fall, you're ready. You're like, okay, I right, bet. I know how I'm going to step in. I know how I'm going to move. I know which way I'm going to go with this. So. Mm-hmm. I remember explicitly the orientation. One thing that made me, again, like I said, the communication was very direct so they definitely do this shit i guess pretty much uh i might even be bigger than black colleges but they definitely hit you with the look to your left (laughs) to your right one of y'all won't be here at the end of this like they it's damn near it's 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 crazy how they pit you against each other because you looking at this person you know how certain churches Maybe not with certain, you know, black churches, they always say, look over to your neighbor, say neighbor, you know what I mean? Which kind of brings a little level of camaraderie. Even if you don't know this person, it's just like, I guess the pastor say, call your neighbor, even though I don't know you, say neighbor, neighbor. And then you say whatever the scripture they want you to, to, you know, to recite is. But in that situation, it's like, look to your left, look to your right. 
one of y'all will not be here. So now you looking at each other like, it ain't going to be me. Motherfucker, it ain't going to be, you know, that type of thing. So now it's, it's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. But question for you. Um, you said, uh, you know, when you were in college the first time, you went to Atlanta. Curious, when you were growing up as a kid, did you do much traveling? Yeah, I did summer travel, but not like exotic travel. It wasn't like vacation resort travel. We went, we got, you know what I mean? So I went to Cleveland most summers all my life. You know what I mean? And then, you know, that's like a get dropped off with your family and, you know what I'm saying, get picked up at the end of the summer type of deal. Right. Then my mom moved to Georgia, to like, to South Georgia, so... They had a Muslim farm down there in Brownwood, Georgia. So she moved to the Muslim farm. And um, so then I spent like maybe that was like ninth and 10th grade summer on the Muslim farm. And then like 11th, 11th grade, she was in Albany, Georgia. So I spent that 11th grade summer in Albany, which was probably the most lit summer I ever had as a as a mm. as a kid, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they had that thing. They were free. That's the first time I ever experienced that shit. Like, when you see them, they having a great fucking time. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. um, I went to see, well, I guess it was the Raisin Hell Tour. I, I think I seen Fresh Fresh 2 and the Raisin Hell Tour at the Albany Civic Center. And the first time I went, I think Fresh Fresh 2, we were still on the farm. And... I just went in the city for that. And, man, their concerts was way different than the concerts I seen in Miami because they having a fucking ball. I'm talking about they dancing in the aisles. They sweating. They doing all of the dances. They getting it. They having it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, you know what I'm saying? Miami, people been kind of chill. They might say ho and, you know what I'm saying? Let me see. Hey, hell yeah, mm-hmm. all that. But they not doing the wop and all that shit in the aisles, you know? Right. And so Too cool Right And seeing Like how f- much fun They was having I'm like damn These people don't have A care in the world You know what I'm saying They ain't worried about All that The layers of danger That exist at the concert And so They was having a great time And then another thing I noticed that It was a high Percentage of Pretty Girls In Georgia You know what I'm saying I'm like what the hell Is going on Like they country, but man, this is a bunch of pretty girls in the place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, man, this is all right. I love this place. So when I came back for the summer when we was in Albany, it was just, you know, I you know, I hit the you know, I'm I'm pretty much eleventh grade. I got I got my swag together, got my, my outfits, my felas and you know what I mean, all of what was popping there. Had my box and um so my thing when I first got there, I just, you know, put some fresh batteries in the box and just walked through the hood, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's solo. And so mm. I saw a group of cats um, playing basketball, and, you know, that's always a, a, a olive branch, you know what I mean? Shit, can I run with y'all? Right. Yeah, shit, come on. Then, you know, you play ball. Next thing you know, you you getting to know them, you know what I'm saying? And um, <clears throat> his man uh, was Reggie. Reggie, Michael Daines, Michael Daniels, but it, I thought they were saying Michael Daines because they talk so funny in, in, in Georgia where I was, you know, I couldn't figure it all out. And then uh, this cat, uh, Tyrus. 
Those was my homies. You know what I'm saying? Once I met them, then they started plugging me in with everybody else in the neighborhood. So they were like, you know, the kid, they was like the kids on the basketball team that everybody knew. So I was just plugged in with them. And shit, I had a great summer. That shit was that shit was off the chain. That's dope. What happens at Muslim camp or Muslim farm? What's going on on a Muslim farm? Well, when you talk about uh, American black Muslims, right? It was all about, you know, they, they always talked about self-preservation and, you know what I'm saying, building your own community and not being dependent on, you know, uh, welfare and, you know what I'm saying, the white man's vision. You know what I mean? You could build your own communities, you know, and, and make your own way, grow your own food, you know. That was the whole purpose. It was like, you know, this is a place where we're going to grow our own food and 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 be for self, you know what I'm saying? Build our own little infrastructure. And so that's what it was all about. And, you know, you go there, like, you had people who came from different cities and just migrated to this farm. Um, the, the man that my mom had married, he managed the whole farm. So where we stayed was next door to where the main farm was. But, you know, everybody was there on, like, you could tell it's people who were like changing their life, like people who came from different cities to to change their way of life and try to figure out something better than what they were going through. You know what I'm saying? You might have people who was going through poverty in Chicago or, you know what I'm saying, just just having a hard time in their places where they was at, and then they come here and start a new life. And that's what it was kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Again, I didn't live there day for day. Like, it had mm-hmm. to go to school. I was just there a visitor in the summer, you know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. And we had um, on the farm. They had a um, they had a cannon factory, and in that cannon factory, Brother Earl was the man my mom was married to. Brother Earl had got a patent on bean pie base, so mm. so like it take two days to make a bean pie, and so basically he had the idea: hey, if we make it already, make the base. And then put it in the can. All you had to do is pour it into the crust and, and put it in the oven. You know what I'm saying? So it was his version of, like, you know, quick Insta food. Like, you know what I'm saying? So right. so we'll be in there canning, canning the um, bean pie base. And um, when we get it all canned up, he'll go out and pitch that shit, which was the funniest shit in the world to watch as a kid. Because it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like. You in South Georgia, nigga. It's, you know, it's red. It's like rednecks, you know. And so, right. so you go into the Piggly Wiggly, and it looked like, you know, what I'm saying the manager looked like he managed a Piggly Wiggly. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. you know, heavy white dude. You know, what I'm saying with the with the white apron, straight out. Look like he's straight out the fifties. And we come in here with this bean pie base, and he was like, so his thing was he'll he'll have the cans he'll. Set them all up And then he'll bring A fresh made pie Fresh made bean pie And so He set the pie on the table He let the You know what I'm saying Let the white man cut it And the white man Cut him a slice You know what I'm saying Took a bite And he was like Oh boy There's some good eating here (laughs) (laughs) And he bought them shits Put it on the shelf And then we was out of there We was going to the next You know what I'm saying So You know It was a, a lot about I think, you know what I'm saying, a lot about how I feel about entrepreneurship and finding your own way comes from listening in the masjid, even in Miami, when they talk about, you know, 
build your own way. You could, you know, you could, you know, envision your own community. And, you know what I'm saying, you had people like Brother Rasul who actually made good on some of that. Like, he bought up property all down in Mop City on 7th Ave. And, you know, he had a store there, Rasul's. That's where all the hood bought their club clothes and shit. Linen outfits and ballys. <laughs> Straw hats and all the, you know, all of the drug dealer chic outfits of the of the eighties and shit. So he he made good on that promise of, you know, buying up the block and and running your own operation. And right. so that a lot of it was that kind of talk and that was that kind of living, you know, it, again, but it's different when you come from the city and have to adjust to rural life. Like that ain't no easy transition, you know, to live in a rural space. As a city person But when you've had A hard time in the city It's refreshing You know what I'm saying To be with nature yeah. and, and go pick a watermelon Right out the patch And cut it open You know what I'm saying right. <laughs> Like like nothing right. Like you know what I'm saying There's thousands of watermelons Out there <laughs> mm. You know what I mean crazy. Yeah so yeah. So mm -hmm. that was That was an interesting experience You know mm -hmm. Yeah that, that sounds cool mm -hmm. That sounds real empowering too you know, it sounds like a bunch of gnats and and a lot of heat too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I used to do some Georgia summers, but it was Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It was hot as fuck, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't all the way in the, in the country situation. But uh, it was definitely Atlanta, and it was Atlanta back before you know the internet and before shit. Or outcast and you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, Atlanta was cracking a little bit on a certain level. Atlanta was Atlanta. It was mm -hmm. still like a black Mecca, but it was just of a different time. And it was a time when um you know, like when you went anywhere regionally, it was a departure. It mm -hmm. was not like where you were from. The radio was different. Mm -hmm. The TV was different. The slang was different. The accents were different. The mm -hmm. clothes were different. You know, the the pace of life was different. The heat was different. <laughs> the you bugs know. was different. Yeah, all of that. For real. Like, yeah, the bugs, the, the games, you know, like, it was a lot of, it was, it was a departure. It was different as hell. But, you know, I, I do remember... Enjoying it, you're like taking that respite, you know what I mean, from mm -hmm. being told like in a totally different thing, not having to worry about all the other shit, all the stuff I was leaving at the crib, mm -hmm. and um, you know, and like just indulging in the stuff that they had, you know, like I remember my um, this cat name they called him Tree Tree, he lived across the street from my cousins and. He had like a trampoline. This might have been the first time I ever seen a trampoline. You know what I mean? And I was just like, because the trampoline in the hood was pissy mattress. You right. know what I mean? Like that was that was what it was. Right. You know, so this was like a real deal trampoline where you could, you know, bounce around, do flips, you know what I mean? Get your summies off and all of that. And you could bust your ass too if you're not, not careful. Mm -hmm. But it was just something different or right. like... You know, like they had a, a big ass basement that we used to just fuck around in. Like at my cousin's house, they had a big ass basement. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that, just backyard shit. You know, it was kind of 
it was just fun. It was something mm-hmm. interesting. I remember one thing that I do remember was um, and it might have been maybe one of the last times I went down for the the summer, but I remember uh, UGK Pocket Full of Stones had come out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess I was on the Men- on the Menace soundtrack, but I just remember like how you know how country and how you know no not to sound. <laughs> derogatory because you know especially people from Atlanta they feel away about that because that city mm-hmm. you know what I mean but just how slow and how different that shit said I got a pocket full of stones I remember, <laughs> and I remember them feeling that shit like this shit here like they were talking about this like that was the one right. that was the one that was the record I might have heard that you know it's always that one record mm-hmm. that's spinning during the summer, like that record was all over that suburb. Every time it came on, it got the greatest reaction. Like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute, turn that up. That's the shit. You know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah, that was cool though. That was that, cool to see. That's funny, like you mentioned the trampoline. And the um first time I seen a trampoline was when in Albany, Georgia, that went that summer. And mm-hmm. it's crazy because like I said, I put the batteries in the box. And hit the block And then mm-hmm. the, the first As soon as I cross the street And go into the Like the subdivision There was a house On the corner Had a trampoline And then it mm-hmm. was this girl Jumping on the trampoline Boing Boing You know what I'm saying Uh-oh. Jumping yeah. Jumping And you know It was like I, You know I had never had that Like you know In the movies They had a girl Next door moment uh-huh. And it was yeah. like that, like, oh, damn, who is that? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm new. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? She got her little shorts on and, you know, legs all firm from trampoline jumping. And I'm like, man, who is that? I got my radio. I'm playing some LL or something. Right. <laughs> that was the I Need Love album when that was out then. Right. So I was jamming right. that. Right. I, I remember that. That's the first thing I put on when I hit that corner was the LL. And, mm-hmm. you know, and over time, over the you know next few weeks or so, I ended up getting a number. Okay. And she put me on the Prince. The I, oh, okay. the I Adore and all that. She was playing all that shit in the background. And wow. that's how I discovered Prince. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But she was like, she had did some shit and was on punishment for the rest of the summer. So never really, mm. you know what I'm saying, never really got to build nothing. But, you know, we had these conversations right. and she'll have the Prince playing in the background. I'm like, what's that? Oh, that's Prince. I'm like, oh, Prince. Okay, let me check that shit out. It just opened your whole mind up to yeah. a whole another way of life. And that's one yeah. thing, in, like, in the media, like, we don't really always get those young uh, girl next coming door of coming of age type of feelings, you know what I'm saying, in the in the, in depictions, you know. So that's the, right. that, that was something that's like, damn, like, it was a real moment. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Trampoline no, moment. <laughs> that's a vibe. That is a double vibe. A trampoline and Prince and a bad short. Like that is a. That's a lot of <laughs> stimulation. <laughs> a lot of sensation. Wow. Yeah. 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 You don't really see a lot of that. I could think about. I mean, I think maybe one of the. And I haven't seen it in a long time, but one of the. Uh, one of the few representations that I could think of off the top on some coming of age, uh, girl. Show, I think. There was some of that, like in the inkwell, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you I know, think I it was see. in reverse. I think. What you mean? I think it was Jada. I think Jada was kind of like a little older than um, 
than um, Lorenz. Yeah, um, what's the name? Lorenz Tate. Lorenz Tate. Yeah. Oh, Jada was in that. That's interesting. Uh-huh. So they did that, and then they did Menace, huh? Or maybe they did Menace and then they did that. I didn't, right. I yeah, they did who. Menace first because then when that came, it's like, right. oh, this this ain't Menace. Like, this supposed to be, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is idyllic. This right. is not a Menace. This is frolic. Right. Yeah. Like, what is, what is <laughs> these fake dress he got in his head? What is going on? Yeah, that I do remember. That, that was the thing. might have been one of those things that, you know, turned off. You're like, ah, oh, this looks crazy. You know, you know and was, it was such was, a departure. Yeah, he was yeah. fresh off of being old dog, the craziest niggas in the movie. Yeah, and I didn't really have much of a relationship with that type of uh, society at that moment. I didn't right. really know much about that that whole definitely that didn't. scene. Definitely yeah, didn't know not, nothing about that. Nah, not, I learned that a little later. Yeah, like uh, like that. You know, when you your the black experience. You know what I'm saying? It starts to unfold in layers as you grow, you know? First is your own experience in your own neighborhoods. Then you go to college and you start figuring out different experiences. And then you get into a professional space where people really start doing grown shit and talking grown shit. Especially yeah. if you land in the Northeast, then you start to, to start to hear about that summering uh, experience that when you're from Miami, ain't no such thing as summering. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's just right. go to the beach. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So when you're in the Northeast and, you know, everybody, we going to the Hamptons for the summer or to Martha's Vineyard, you be like, man, what y'all talking about? You don't really get it until it it starts to reveal itself. You know what I'm saying? And it, all, it comes in layers. You're like, oh. Mm-hmm. And as you get more experience, then you understand why certain Things like that are important. Like, oh wow, that's dope. Yeah. You know, and yeah, you can get that. Like, damn, I wish I had. But then you realize that nah, it's just it's just you uncovered that layer at the time. So now you decide on how you want to move and which layers you want to expose your family to and your lifestyle to. And that's the you know that's the beauty of life, man. You know what I mean? That it's always some new shit to to expose yourself to and to. Learn and experience if you're open to it. Mm-hmm. If you're open to it. I think for me, initially, I was, I guess, insecure about where I was financially. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this different level of uh, black wealth mm-hmm. that I had no real grasp of. And... I got defensive more so about it, whereas, like, um, I wasn't open off rip, mm-hmm. you know? Like, uh, I kind of I looked at it as some sedity shit. And it might not have <laughs> even all, you know, I'm just being totally nah, honest no with doubt. you. And it, no might not have, it might not even come from just me. It might have came from my family or whatever, but it was just like... That was the that was the that was the way we looked at it. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to embrace when it was already kind of like flagged a little bit, right. and it was unfortunate because, you know, I remember like one of my first real girlfriends. Kind of, she had that type of background, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time like 
I called the house. You know, that's what you had to use to call a house mm-hmm. to talk to homegirl. <laughs> I called the house and I talked to her moms. And, you know, mothers, you know, family, you know, adults or whatever. But typically, like, her moms was like, she, was, she wasn't really shy about letting you know what type of... Uh, you know what type of pedigree they were. What type of situation you know what this was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, uh, brother. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, but you know, like she would talk about this, and you know these. You know the uh, the family had gone to you know Ivy League schools, and they do this, and you know, mm-hmm. like she was just running it down in a way that definitely had me feeling a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Uh, and I, you know, I wish I was a little bit uh, more open. I was immature at the time. I wish I was a little bit more open. You know what I mean? Just to expose myself to a little bit of it. I'm, I'm definitely more open to it now. But mm-hmm. it was just, it was something that, yeah, it was something that I was like, I kind of, I looked at it funny. You know, mm-hmm. I looked at it funny. Like I even, even, and it just, it, there was a like a little bit of. It felt separatist mm-hmm. on a certain level. It was just, and sometimes it, the presentation was explicit, so it wouldn't be hard to get that, you right. know, like, um, you know, or even like, you know, now there's a TV show, and I haven't watched it at all, but you know, there's that that book, Our Kind of People. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that, you know, I always felt like I wasn't that kind of person, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was just like, ah, that's for them, right. you know, but uh you know, look, I don't ever, I don't ever really, you know, as you get older, you get a little bit more perspective in life, right? Mm-hmm. And things that might, uh, you you know, I, I take a beat, you know what I'm saying? Well, what am I uncomfortable about? You know what I mean? Like, because I don't really like to knock aspiration, mm-hmm. you know? I think, I think aspiration is... It goes across all, you know, all classes, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're at the top, you probably aspire to get to the tip top, mm-hmm. you know, but I know at the bottom aspiration is that shit is like water, you know, so <laughs> it's like, why am I going to curb somebody's aspiration when they, when they start getting it, you know, like I can't feel no type of way because on a certain level, I'm, I maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm, uh, insecure in the way that I haven't gotten to that level or I haven't been exposed to that or it's just something that I don't fully understand or there's a uh, a level of shame of you know my own status you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying and it was just it was one of those things where it was like yeah um you know it's just I was just thinking about that as we and, and I mean I guess that's probably why I didn't fuck with the inkwell I was looking at this shit oh bougie ass shit I don't like this shit we're menacing you know what I'm uh, saying we're juice yeah, you know that yeah. type of shit but uh salute yeah. salute to all of them you know what I mean but uh <laughs> hey man the, the funny thing is like the like it's funny we talking about this in this context like uh-huh. Getting dropped off in these cities, like, you know, Cleveland, which is its own yeah. set of, you know what I'm saying? Like, like mm-hmm. that was, was its own set of things, you know what I mean? Because it was a right. real rough environment, like, you know, but it was fun mm-hmm. and it was a lot of love. It was more love than I probably had ever experienced, you know what I mean? In the roughest right. environment. So, right. but then you, then on the contrast, you get dropped off on a farm, nigga. In the rural, right. and then you know what I'm saying, and what you known 
to do don't necessarily work because usually you get on your bike and go find some friends. Man, ain't no friends in, within two miles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so mm. and but to even like, I think one day I seen this kid riding by on a bike, and I'm like, shit! I jumped on my bike and caught up with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. well, what's up? <laughs> Hailed <laughs> you know him like a cab. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's up? What's good? Like, you know what I'm saying? We went on a whole exploration, going into abandoned like these little shacks that people lived in, probably like sharecropper shacks and shit. And we'll just go up in one of them. And it looked like, you know what I'm saying, it'd be like a, a plate on the table that still has like some food and a, and a, and a mason jar glass. Right. Like, motherfucker just got up from the table like, man, fuck this shit, I'm out. And just dip. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. just passed out dead. You know what I'm saying? You like So you'd be making up all these scenarios in your head, like these right. little ghost, ghost shacks. So that was fun. But... What what it taught you is is that no matter where you at, you could have fun. It could be good. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you go to places where you probably have more resources and then you in a in a hood ass environment that's like you ain't been in before and then you still learn how to have fun, like in Cleveland. Like we was on we was in East Cleveland on Huff, right at um Huff and Ansel. So it's uh, right across the street from Rockefeller Park, and that shit was the hood. Like you know, what I'm saying like, like you and back in the day, you would about hear about pimps. You know, what I'm saying and shit like that. Cleveland, you seen them? They was right there. You know, what I'm saying pulling up like, mm-hmm. damn, a whole pimp. You know what I mean? And dressed like the pimps, the whole like shit, nigga, out. like the whole shit. You know, like wow. a like a pimp, nigga, with the Seville <laughs> with the slant back. <laughs> Suit, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. Jerry Curl whipping yeah. on his girl, and he's like, "What the fuck is oh, going wow. on?" Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like real shit. Yeah. Like now, I, you know, my, I was in Brown Sub in Miami, but it wasn't all. You know, you was, it was you know the hood, but it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? The activity wasn't there like that. Like that type right. of. It wasn't like an industrious part of the hood. You know what I'm saying? With hood industry, right, right, right. Wasn't the, wasn't the strip, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So. But even in that, even in that, right across the street was Rockefeller Park, which is probably one of the most beautiful parks I had ever seen. You know what I'm saying? To this day. Going there, they got a whole duck pond with koi fish in there. Um, All of the museums are over there, and um, kids could go in the museum for free. So, shit, when you bored, you just go across the street and... Pick a museum to go in and AC pumping. You know what I'm saying? You go look at the dinosaurs and all that shit. Just be on a self-guided tour of all of this cultural stuff. But you in the smack dab in the middle of the hood. So, Mm. again, it's like you might have seen better things, but then you go there. And even in the worst of shit, you could find some good shit. You know what I'm saying? Go Go to the farm. Even in the worst of, you know what I'm saying, you could use your imagination and have fun. So that helped me, like, when you go to college and you start going to different people's houses from different uh, economic backgrounds than yourself. Even when it's above you, you know what I'm saying, or, or like, it's some Sag Harbor shit, it's like, it's still the same thing. You got to go in, figure out what's what, who's who, and where you fit into the play. And then you be able to right. have fun. So, like, those experiences, you know, it helped me, I think, to just be able to 
drop down in any scenario and kind of figure it out and not worry about it. Like some people like, I'm not going there. Ain't no fun. That is a country-ass town. But you ain't never been. You ain't even never tried to have fun in the country-ass town. You right. just write it off. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. like, I ain't going there. It's the hood. Some, yeah, them people bougie, yeah. da-da-da-da, they don't want me there. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You go to the hood, you can say the same thing. Them people don't want you there either. You know what I'm saying? Right. You just right. have to you have to figure out where you fit in. Like you might stick out like a sore thumb, but you got to be able to relate. And and that was the part that you had you learn, you know, and you doing comedy, you should know. Like sometimes you go into a space and when you stick out, they want to crack jokes on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, what's going on with your hair? Like, you know, but you had to have a you had to have a witty response that's not defensive. It's just matter of fact. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I know how to do this too. You know what I'm saying? Right. And right. I think that helped be a passport to different spaces. You know what I mean? That and 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 just understanding that. This ain't your world sometimes, you know? Sometimes you got to let the world, let them do them do their thing and you fit into their world because this is, you stepping in. You don't disrespect nobody else's space because you ain't from there, you know? So you just try to take it in and see what it is. And yeah. you know, that's how I approach it, you know what I mean? So, but I understand exactly what you're talking about because in the beginning you could feel like, damn, like when, you know, we was going to Sag Harbor, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Slim Pickens who uh, you know, would invite us out there, you know, they got their own world. They, these are the people that's in that book, our kind of people. Like, these are the people. You know what I'm right. saying? And so you go there, and they got their own thing. They doing their own thing. But end of the day, even when when you don't fit in, shit, you there, you invited, you pull out your grill and start grilling your steaks. You know what I'm saying? And next thing you know, you know, people come by, and holler at you, you know what I'm saying? You pour up a drink and you having conversation. The kids coming by like, hey, what you cooking? You know what I'm saying? You breaking off little chunks of steaks to the kids. Next thing you know, you in the you in the middle of the mix and, and you doing it as you are. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's all. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's true. I think that's the key to it all is to accept who you are and be who you are and be open and you mm-hmm. know, accept other people for who they are, you know? Because mm-hmm. To your point, you know, when I, to, to, you know, you think about it, when I think back on it, you know, I would, you know, I didn't hear rich people talking rich people shit. And my, you know what I mean? And that's me just, you know, categorizing it because I hadn't been exposed to some of the shit that they were talking about. But that's what they talking about. You mm-hmm. know, like, you know, that's just what, that's the topic of their conversation. That's the life that they live. They're not going to curb their lifestyle because somebody from outside their lifestyle is around, mm-hmm. you know, if anything, if they're welcoming or whatever, then that's that's beautiful. But, you know, like, hopefully they're welcoming. But even still, you are you, they are them. Hopefully there's some common bond. But even if there isn't, there's something new to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you just keep your mind open and, and, and it's something new to see, so now you got a new point of reference. Right. So the next time you come, you might not be as out of sorts. Right. You know, like, and, yeah. and that's the thing, you know, that's what the, you know, they always say, uh, uh, what do they say? I don't know what they say. I don't know who they are. <laughs> Let me just move on. <laughs> well, I was about to say, you know, adventure <laughs> exists right outside your comfort zone. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the more, the more you challenge, 
being uncomfortable, the better life gets. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's hard as fuck being uncomfortable, you know, because, you know, a lot of times, depending on if you pushed or not, you you could be uncomfortable, and that's that's the end of the conversation. You throw your hands up. Now nah, I wouldn't do it. I'm uncomfortable. People are like, all right, fuck it, let him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And people just, they stay stunted. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody be like, nah, you trust me. Try it. You might like it. You know, some Mikey shit. You know, mm-hmm. next thing you know, oh, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. And then it feels good because you're comfortable in something that you never thought you would be comfortable in. And it's something new to add to, you know, your entire personhood. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man. It's Word cool. Up. It's cool. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's sad that you get all of this. <laughs> Not sad, but it's funny that I was somebody was saying this shit. It was so real, but it was just sad that you get all of this kind of inside information, you know, as you get older. You right. know what I'm saying? Because it's like, damn, you're about to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nah. shit, I wish they'd have gave me an instruction manual. Nah, but it is but what it is. That's part of living. That's part of that's part of growth. Like, you know what I mean? Of course. You can but you the thing is, is sometimes you get that lesson and then you don't do it because now you're old. Now it's a whole nother excuse. You know? Right. Nah, man. You get the lesson and you 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 explore it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you explore it till you're out of here, you know? Whatever yeah. you can, you know what I'm saying? Within whatever you can, you know? Within your mobility, you know? So, I'm an explorer, so I'm an explorer. Yeah. I'm going to explore that shit till it's over, man. And yeah. And we could yeah, call yeah. it a life. Nah, I like to think I'm an explorer, too. I, You know, sometimes I got to push myself, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it all, for more, more often than not, it turns out for the best. You know, it's like, wow, when you realize, oh, shit, like, you know, when you just turn the corner. I remember just, because I could be reluctant about it, too. I'm not going to lie. Like, I ain't all the way, like, all the way, you know, Gulliver. You know what I'm saying? I'm not straight all the way Christopher Columbus sometimes. Sometimes I'm a, I'm a little bit like, oh, wait a minute, what's this? I know... uh <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like shit, because often sometimes I might be dolo. I'm like, ah, this is the perfect time for some dumb shit to happen. I'm out by myself. And the recap, niggas gonna be like, well, why he go in? Because that's the type of niggas. You know, sometimes, sometimes you gotta realize the people you grew up with are not the people that are your people anymore. You right. know what I'm saying? Like you can outgrow a certain level of thinking. Right. And, you know, sometimes I always think about those type of people that be like, well, why the fuck did he go there? Well, why would you even, you know, and it's like, well, he wanted to see some things. Right. You know, you could you can <laughs> die in a familiar locale. That happens as well. It happens More often. often than that. <laughs> right, right, right. So at least you got to see something new right as it ended. But I remember, um, I remember fucking when I was out in New Orleans for my birthday, right? And I'm, you know, I'm walking through. And it's late. I didn't came from the Thundercat concert. It's my birthday, so I was drinking. I'm nice. You know what I mean? I got, you know, I'm walking through. I got some some new kicks on and shit. So then, I, you know, and I, part of me is also like, damn, I'm putting a lot of road work on these new kicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like to really, I don't want them to, I don't want to kill these shits. But that's even another thing. Sometimes you get some new shit, wear that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they for. They sneakers. So I'm walking through. And then um, it's late, and I'm going past 
like the little the little lively area going down i guess going down going down and it's starting to get quiet like a lot of spots are closed and shit like that and i'm like i know something this is new orleans i know something gotta be popping so i'm going down it's about four or five blocks of just nothing it's real desolate you know what i'm saying i'm like yo what you doing d but i'm like nah fuck that something you know what i mean then i started Started moving a little further, and I started seeing some lights and shit. And I told you, that's when I heard the um, the Essence record playing, you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. was that record back. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, it's some shit. I turned the corner, it was a whole situation. And I was just <laughs> like, it was just one of those, it's a little small thing that I can remember, point of reference. But it's just like, yeah, man, I could have just went back to the hotel. I could have stopped after, you know what I mean? Like, well, I right, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to keep walking. I'm creasing these sneakers. I don't know none of these motherfuckers. And I was like, man, fuck that shit. Let's have a good time. Let's see what's what. I hit that corner, and it was a whole nother thing. You know, like, it was a whole new world. It was like, oh, wow. Look at that. Look where (laughs) curiosity will lead you. Look with some exploration. Look if you step outside your comfort zone, you bang a right, and oh, shit, it's a whole (laughs) jam going on Mm -hmm. over here. That shit was lit. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. Oh man, look at that. (laughs) (sighs) Ah, so yeah, yeah, man. What's up, man? Yeah, Uh, you know, going to that HBCU conversation, right? Uh huh. You see, Ralph Lauren. Yeah. He did a collabo with Morehouse and Spellman. Right. And in the press release, they kind of like you know Ralph Lauren. Uh, basically figures out that black people are part of the American dream. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, hold, hold up now. First of all. Discovered black people. Well, no, yeah. first, first of all, it must be hard out there in them streets now. You know what I'm saying? Because this is my first thought I had. I was like, oh, Polo used to be a national Negro staple, you know? Mm-hmm. Your draws mm-hmm. on the shirt. And some polos You know what I'm saying Anything polo Yeah You know what I mean Even at the basic level Just the polo shirt You know In the different Mm -hmm. colors You know Right Just let them know You know what's happening I'm talking about for years From the 80s To the At least early 2000s You know what I'm saying Especially in the south The early 2000s Polo still was You know Every color The the lime green Yellow Orange Mm -hmm. You know Right Shit Even trick daddy those big boys, yeah. hell no, these polo, you know? Right, 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 <laughs> so right. So that's a long quick run. Quick question, quick question, quick mm-hmm. question. Why are you on that? Just real, and we're going to, I want to jump into that whole situation because I mm-hmm. got some shit to add. Uh, is the polo shirt, the polo shirt predates the brand polo? Ralph Lauren polo Cause I'm You know Yeah yeah The polo shirt I think the polo shirt Predates That's what I would assume But I'm not sure You know how it's like Band-Aid The fucking Brand Band-Aid Took over There's a term for that I can't remember But it's like You know even like Google that You know what I mean Rather than research that Mm -hmm. Like you know Like that thing So it was like You know Polo Has been around As long as I can remember and then, you know, a polo shirt looked like a polo shirt, but then there's also a polo shirt. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm. Nah, but anyway. They, they, nah, the polo yeah. shirt is originally worn by polo, polo. players in India yeah. in 1859. 
Oh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's off the head or that was a Google? Nah, nah, that's a that's a Google. That's a Google oh, search. I was about to be very you impressed. Nah, 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 I bet, bet, That's bet. a Google search. All right. Now, so it predates ahead, ahead, the brand, right? Okay, fair but, enough. But we, you know, we blacks adopted the brand. You know what I'm saying? You had different mm-hmm. sex that was way more enthusiastic than others. You had the low lives. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You generally just had polo wearing polo shirts in, um, in, in uh, Miami and other places. And polo just was a general fashion staple. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... Ralph Lauren presented this whole Americana image and all of, you know, the fancy things. But I walk, once walked into 34th Street, Harold Square, Macy's, and they had a whole Recently? wall. Nah, this was back in the day, like early 2000, okay. like 99, 2000 when I first got there. And uh-huh. they had a whole wall display, which was probably 20 feet long and from the floor all the way up. You know what I'm saying? With all the different color polos. I'm like, yeah. damn. You know what I'm saying? It's like heaven for a Miami nigga, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I, it, then the thought hit me like, damn, who buying all these polos? You know, and you know, white people buy polos, you know, in general. But we over-index. You know what I'm saying? We need all the colors. You know what I'm saying? Sure. We need, we, mm-hmm. that shit got to be matched up. So I'm like, man, we must really help finance this house. Right, and and this going this was going on from the eighties all the way into the two thousands. Now niggas don't buy no polos. You know what I'm saying? Kind of got quiet for them. Yeah, it's quiet. Like you know what I'm saying? Everybody on something else. So I can only imagine that they want that audience back. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, what happened? What's going on with a uh, fundamentals bottom line? And that shit ain't there like it used to be. So. Yeah. So now you you want to say that now they recognize black people are part of the American dream? It's like nigga, black people money is a part of the American dream. Like so, it feel like they trying to tap back in and trying to use the HBCUs as a safe space to actually do that because you you know they could have went with the low lives, but you know that's kind of counterproductive to corporate branding. To, <laughs> to spending power To, to celebrate yeah. your most exuberant fans <laughs> That Whose whole lifestyle is stealing your shit <laughs> right. So I'm sure they probably didn't really feel like doing it that way So hey let's tap into The blacks that's already kind of Americana-ish let's, let's tap into the HBCU blacks And you know what I'm saying Who more than the Morehouse Spellman group You know they could have went with Howard But they did You know Um so they, I'm just, you know what I'm saying, kind of, you know, leery of the why and the timing. Like, why we weren't part of this shit when we was really enthusiastic about buying your shit. You know what I mean? Why now? Why after, you know, the European brands have soaked up all of that disposable income from the black community. And, you know, they had... Um, they had uh, Virgil over at Louis Vuitton, and you know, just this week, uh, Maximilian they they put at the head of a Ferragamo house. So you know, I think it's like you know, over this last couple years, this that pandemic spree of luxury buying. I think they you know, kind of like, hey man, we need some of that too. How are we gonna get some of that? Why everybody lined up over that Louis Vuitton at Gucci? <laughs> they need to come on over here. And quite frankly, last time I was in Lennox, there was a line at Louis Vuitton. 
And it's like kind of two doors down from the Ferragamo store. And I was like, I need to go get some dress shoes. And that's my go-to dress shoe. You was able to walk straight into the Ferragamo store. You know what I'm saying? And then they had a whole little section of, you know, sportswear type stuff, sneakers and shit like that, big belts with the big buckle. But they ain't got it right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they ain't really what, you know what I'm saying? Nobody ain't really jumping on that. And I don't really think that suits their brand. You know, I buy Ferragamo because it's not that, because I feel like my shit going to last longer because it ain't going to get ranked. So. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, I just feel like, you know what I'm saying, it's almost disingenuous, that press release. Like, they should, they could have left that alone and just announced the collab and kept it moving. Yeah, without that video and all that. I, I Look, I got quite a few thoughts about this whole situation. Polo in general has been interesting because um, I've been, I, yeah, I've been having, uh, even prior to this, been having some conversations about Polo with some of my, my peoples. And one of the things, well, one, I will say this. I'm not sure how in-depth it goes, but Polo has actually recognized Thurston Howell, who's mm-hmm. a famed lowlife, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, rapper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know what the deal, I don't know if it's just an endorsement deal. They don't go too deep into the legacy of lowlifes because, again, it is a little <laughs> counterproductive. It is a little counterproductive. But it's funny, though, because it's like, obviously, it's not the same thing. But it's interesting to see, like, how, you know, Gucci, you know, obviously after being scolded by, you know, Black black Internet. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they kind of went into business with that. But then, and, like, obviously back in the day, you know, that was was counterfeit product. That wasn't real, you know, Louis or was repurposed Louis and Gucci and all of that. Mm-hmm. And but it was resonating culturally, and people were paying a lot of money to be seen in these garments, mm-hmm. right? So there is that that black market element to it that you know is part of the story, but the impact kind of supersedes it, right? Right. And if we being honest. We're talking about the history of America, especially Polo being Americana. We talk about the history of America. America's all about boosting. They stole a bunch of niggas from Africa. Right. I you mean, know what I'm saying? Like, we going to keep Ralph it Ralph himself, he boosted the whole culture. Ralph Lipschitz turned into Ralph Lauren, right. and, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was the other thing. Well, that, that's another thing I was going to get to. Oh, that no, was my the bad. First time. <laughs> no, 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 no. But this was the first time I had ever heard Ralph talk. I never heard Ralph speak before. He ain't never had to speak. All his shit was like, you know, print ads and, you know what I mean, maybe some visuals here and there, but I ain't never heard that man crack the mic and talk. And you can kind of hear the accent. And he, he's that shit don't sound like Ralph Lauren. That sounds like Ralph Lipschitz. Sounds like a Garmento. You know what I'm saying? Sound like a motherfucker trying to make some money. So there's that. But... It's interesting to see how, uh, kind of how far Polo was falling on a certain level. Because the reason I had this conversation a little couple weeks ago about Polo was 
it was rumored, and I don't know if it's going to happen or whatever, but it was looking like LVMH was looking to acquire Ralph Lauren. Mm. And I was like, yo, I don't know how I feel about that. Because, I mean, I don't know what's mm. going to happen, but I was like, you know, for a lot of people, especially black people, but a lot of people, a lot of black people, um, Ralph Lauren Polo was like the most accessible Asterisk, because sometimes you was boosting it, but mm-hmm. also oftentimes you was buying it, whether you was buying, you know, the the cheapest shit you get, shit at the outlet, whatever, whatever, shit off of a boost or whatever, but it was like one of the most accessible points of luxury. Like that was like entry luxury, quote unquote luxury. It's obviously not LVMH and no shit like that, but it was one of those things, if you had a polo on, you felt like somebody. That shit felt like a, a haircut and a new pair of sneakers. Like, if you had all three, you motherfuckers couldn't tell you shit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, there was a moment where Polo was, like, iconic. For mm-hmm. a long time, a long run, and it was expressed through a, var- a spectrum of ways in black culture. Whether it was how cats wore it in Miami or how cats wore it in Atlanta, how cats wore it in New York. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just mm-hmm. there was different ways of putting it on. You know what I'm saying? I know cats in Philly, like they would button their shit all the way to the top. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like little shit, but it was just it was polo was part of the expression. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it mattered. Mm-hmm. You no know, polo was like just until recently, not even, it's still a part of habit because I think on a certain level, I think outlets have fallen off on another mm-hmm. level. But when I was in Atlantic City, one of the things I do, because there ain't shit to do out there, is they got outlets. There's a polo outlet, and there's a Nike outlet, and they, the loop used to be like when I was in college or whatever, the loop would be like polo, Timberland, Nike. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everything else is, you know, you go to all these other places, but those were the stops. You mm-hmm. kind of had to make it because you wanted to cop something that was going to be something that See, you know, and, um, you know, they tried to do, you know, bring back some of the, like, to the, to the stadium collection. They tried to, like, retro some of their stuff, but, like, it don't look the same. And it look mm-hmm. a little cheaper, and it's way too, maybe it's because I'm older, but I think even, it just feels way more logo heavy. It seems way more, like, desperate. But maybe that's always been the case. But it just feels like some of this shit is just like they they like they fucking treading water. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like it's not it's not what it used to be. So there's that. And then so then I see this whole thing today about Ralph Lauren getting with Morehouse's Spellman. And I already got this thing, and this this is outside of just Ralph Lauren, but like I'm getting tired of, there's a couple things. One, I'm getting tired of these corporations, you know, doing these partnerships with black colleges and all of a sudden we supposed, because I think it's slowing down, but for a while it was like everybody felt seen. You know what I mean? It's just like, get the fuck out of here. One, one, I think, and no, no disrespect to Morehouse of Spellman, you know, but like, that's the obvious play. You know what I'm saying? Like that 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 that's Black College 101. Like that ain't that ain't a deep cut. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> these are excellent institutions, but that's like, you know what I mean? Like that's just playing the singles. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And I'm just tired of this whole like you know capitalism 
being mistaken for love. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they want some paper, dog. They want that dollar. Y'all niggas are spending. Y'all been over-indexed since before we was paying attention to you. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? By hook or crook. Some of y'all was stealing, but a lot of motherfuckers was buying too and paying for shit that they couldn't afford. And now, after all these years, we done found out that y'all exist. Get the fuck out of here, man. And the shit look lazy. I ain't gonna lie to you. The shit, the designs ain't even that fire. Come on, Ralph. It ain't even Ralph. It ain't Ralph, though. I feel like, yay. It ain't even Ralph. That shit look terrible, man. Eh, fuck. It's whatever, dude. Whatever, man. I'm cool on all of that shit. It's a big yawn for me. But, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I feel about that whole oh, shit. shit. Man, I'm just saying, bro. Come on, man. Stop. Oh, it's man. a little too late. Yeah, man. You know, hey, man, you should have did that shit in the in the nineties, man. When Yeah, right? You know right. You'd have been right on point. When it mattered. You'd have been ahead of the curve. You'd have been way ahead of the curve. You'd have probably been still standing. You know? Yep, but, but nah, they forsaked it. You know what I'm saying? Even though I guess, you know, sometimes when, when people do the certain things over and over, especially that many years, like they had a lot, they had a great run in the black community now. You know what of I'm saying? Of course. But, you know, and it's, you know, it's still some pieces that people go get. Like it ain't like, you know, like you won't it's mess with over, it. But, but it, it ain't where you, you know what I'm saying? I used to be the first stop. You know what I'm saying? Let's see the, yeah. what's happening in the polo section. Right. And now you walking through that bitch like, whatever, man. <laughs> Yeah, so it feels like a shell of its former self. Yeah, it's just like yeah. the 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 brand affinity is not there mm-hmm. amongst you know saying the community no more because you didn't feed it. You know what I'm saying? You 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 forsaked it. You know, and even you know with 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 Gucci and all that stuff, that stuff had kind of got this. You know what I'm saying? Had dipped down as well. You know, mm-hmm. but I think. That Dapper Dan move really helped them because after that they started doing more sportswear and all that type of shit with all you know all the sneakers and all that stuff kept coming and they kept doing you know more of the logo heavy stuff and you know the stuff that that Blacks was already doing before so you know now they part of the whole zeitgeist of the shit like okay shit you could go get some Gucci and now it'll fit you you know what I'm saying you ain't got to squeeze it to a euro. You know what I'm saying? Triple X that they don't make. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now they got it for you. Come on, get it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, not that any of this is it's commercialism. and All of it is capitalism. But, you know, sometimes people appreciate their audience when they spend it. Other times they forsake it. You know what I'm saying? And each one of these brands go through their whole moment of forsaking it and then, uh, you know, fake appreciating it, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? They know how to keep the energy going around it. And I think Polo let the energy fade away. Mm-hmm. And then they're coming back with an uninformed approach, you know what I'm saying, out-of-touch approach to the whole to the whole thing. Right, right. And it's like a dated approach. Like, these is like, they ain't got old B-roll or looking like B-roll. Like, this is... It's a black history approach, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) It's way late. It's not even Black History Month. Y'all should have rolled this out a while ago. Man, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they they yeah. and I don't know about Polo in the way of Polo to me, or maybe I just don't pay close enough attention because I did hear one of the creative directors or whatever, part of the reason why they went with Morehouse Spellman, supposedly one of the creative directors went to Morehouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um and maybe I don't pay enough attention to it. Um, but Polo had always kind of seemed very self contained. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there are people, I know it's not just Ralph and this sewing this shit, but you know, like, you know, like you hear about whether it's all of these other fashion houses, they'll have Mark Jacobs, Virgil Abloh, Kim Jones, you know, you'll mm-hmm. hear about these people, you know, taking the helm and bringing their vision. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they need to do. Maybe like if they should have done something that was like a little bit more cultural in the way of, Yo, we're having, you know, some diversity at the helm. No, and they're going to tell the story, right. you know. We're going to make Don C. the creative director of Polo. Right. <laughs> Somebody. Like, you know what I mean? Something that, that that's like, okay, y'all really investing. You know what I'm saying? Right. You taking the risk. You letting somebody steer the ship a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. have a say. You know, that's 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 culturally competent. That's connected. That's not just it's not just some some shell, you know, some mm-hmm. regular generic shit and we'll just put Morehouse and Spellman on it. You mm-hmm. know? Like, come on, man. Yeah, and see, and they 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 said that, you know what I'm saying, that uh Pope Ralph Lauren revisits the American dream. And then mm-hmm. it's almost like they're plugging the black people within their version of the dream as opposed to, you know what I'm saying? Right. Allowing our version of the dream to flourish. Right, right, you know right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. How we polo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they should have done. That's what they should have done. But but they didn't. You know. They did not <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> fucking with it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, shit, man. I mean, we could get into the situation unless you got something else to talk about. I will say um, real fast. I don't know if you want to delve into it, but um, it was very disappointing to see that whole Ryan Coogler Bank of America shit of somebody that banks at Bank of America. And obviously, it's, it's not indicative of the entire company or whatever but that branch in Atlanta but that shit I mean it might bullshit. be indicative it could be <laughs> damn man you making me sound like I gotta move nah and, oh <laughs> that's where you at I tried yeah, to be there I tried to be there maybe maybe I tried in Atlanta though you know what I'm saying when uh, I first came out here the last time I needed to open an account and see well, you know and I ain't even like normally I look like mm-hmm. Ryan Coogler when I go to the bank. Scully. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Some form of uh-huh. glasses. You know what I'm saying? Sweatshirt, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, But I had that experience just trying to open an account at Bank of America. Went in there, you know what I'm saying? I had my paperwork and, you know, I dressed pretty cool. I didn't have on no suit, but I was, you know, trying to look right. like somebody. You know what I'm saying? But I had, like, my relocation check. From from the show, you know what I'm saying. Mm. So you get mm-hmm. your lump sum to do, you know, take care of your your travel expenses and all that stuff while you're here. So boom, I got that plus you know my checks, and they like you know okay, well da da da, and you know I give them all my stuff, and I'm in the middle of the meeting with the bankers, me and him, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and then 
the security guard scoops in our meeting. I'm like, well, damn, like. I'm a what I'm I'm a rob y'all with a check that I'm that I'm giving you. Like I'm not here to take nothing. I'm here to put something in. <laughs> I'm depositing. Yeah, <laughs> you know what, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> wow. I'm making a deposit. So, oh man. So then you know they go through all the stuff that I guess they deem everything cool. Had my passport, my driver's license. My, you know what I'm saying? I had all the stuff that I know. You know, you may need wow. to have, especially as a black Ali Muhammad. Mm. So. So, boom, once they deemed everything was cool, everything checked out, everything eased up, but I still felt some kind of kind of way about that. And they ain't had the guns drawn and put me in handcuffs or no shit, but I still kind of felt the way. And mm-hmm. then, after I put my shit in, they proceeded to hold my shit for 45 days. All your shit? All of it, dog. I couldn't even do nothing with the account. They had that shit on a freeze for like 45 days. Well, what was the reason? That, that, you know, it's a new account, it was a large deposit, da, 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 that's typical that we, you know, verify the, the, the source. I'm like, that's my fucking, you can call my job. That's right down the street. Right. As a matter of fact, I walked here, you know. Right. So, needless to say, 45 days <laughs> went, I took my shit out and put it somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, wow. and that was that. So, you know, I think, you know what I'm saying, there's something in there. Structure, especially in Atlanta, maybe because it's the scam capital of the world, and you know, maybe they mm. super suspicious. But my man had his debit card, he had his ID, he pu- punched in his pen. Yeah, right. damn, you know. Right. Um, you know, people say he was moving funny, like writing notes and shit. But you know, the man was just being cautious. He probably shook because niggas do be robbing out here. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying. He said he walked out out of CVS. He see the crackhead. Right, saying, you know, it's a bunch of yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Coogler is a is a is a rich it's man Oakland. now. He ain't no. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He ain't no yeah. regular dude no more. He's a rich guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he and he's of note, niggas. Yeah, the niggas that man. recognize him know that's the nigga that made a billion dollars for man. Disney. Man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? my man, yeah. rich, rich. You know? Yeah. Come so, on now. So you know, yeah. he probably been a little cautious. He in the, he in the, you know, what I'm saying in the city that ain't his, and you know, yeah. he trying to figure it out. Yeah. So you don't want to go in the bank announcing, "Hey, let me get twelve bands, and uh, yeah, yeah. put that all uh, hundreds, and then bust one down in in fives because I got to go to the club." <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though that's some Atlanta shit too. Niggas <laughs> bring your, your your stacks over with sparklers and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? You're like man. Go ahead. And stuff oh, it all shit. in the backpack and go to Linux. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right, right. Damn, that shit's disappointing to hear. I was, um, I actually started, that wasn't my first bank. My first bank, OG, I was Bank of New York years ago. But then my first, like, I guess maybe my second bank. I I was in, I was grandfathered into Bank of America because I opened a bank account in Atlanta, but I was in college and it was Nations Bank back then. And then I had been at Nations Bank so long that it, they got bought out by Bank of America. Or maybe there was something prior to that. But um, that's how I've been there forever and ever. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and I do think on another level, just to think about it, like I do feel the same way about airlines and stuff like that. Sometimes, sometimes you might need to shop around. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it might be better... 
you know, back to our exploring shit. You don't even know what the treatment is like. You know, mm-hmm. with this system for so long, it's like being signed to a record label. You don't even know. Oh, no, nah, you come over here, they give advances. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? They might give you some water or some Jim Jones shit when you walk in there, some sparkling water. But, right. um, yeah, man, it's just, a, it's just real whack to see. And what was really sad about the whole shit, I mean, just to, like, just the insult to injury was it was a black woman and a black man like a black oh it was black people that that did it yeah right but but you know even even in that case you know what i'm saying if you listen to the 911 call that's like mm-hmm. was the tail of the tape like you know saying yeah um he came in here and he's he's acting weird they're like well right. did he have a weapon uh, no, i don't think he had a weapon but he he writing notes and shit you know what I'm saying? He, like, he acted suspicious. <laughs> he gave his ID. Yeah, he, yeah, he had his ID. Um, he punched it in his pen too. It was a California ID though. Yeah. Like, nigga, the account is a California account. <laughs> right. With the same and then the lady was, She was like, it sounds about right, but I got some cruisers. I got them <laughs> on deck. If that's what you want to do, if you want to do that, I got I got police on deck. So shit, they can't wait to come down there. And harass a nigga Let me know I'll push the button She's like Yeah yeah Go uh, ahead man. Push that button Push it Cause uh, he acting real funny Using words and shit Look, You know what I mean Looking like he got The nerve to be banking This nigga here Twelve thousand man. man And then The whack part was that it was, We saw the video When, she, when they covered him She walked by Like good job officer I said right. damn Right on, shorty But, but, but oh. see what happened. You know what happened you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. She put this, you know, she tapped into his account, saw that balance, mm. and was mm. like, and looked at him, like, oh, hell mm. no. Nah. Mm. <laughs> He's not on my watch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, nah, man, come on. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. This man got white people money this in this account. Be. <laughs> yeah. nah. Cannot be. This is some definite. Black market Michael K. Williams shit You know what I'm saying This man got a piece Yeah man This is is Scam nation Not not today sir um, is Atlanta the scam capital of the United States? I don't know. It's just, it's just <laughs> okay. Because you just gave the title, I was like, mm. I had to start thinking all the other places that's out here scamming, trying to make the ranks. Feel, it's probably Miami is up there, you know, yeah. Miami Beach, yeah. though. <laughs> right, 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 right. New York, South Beach there. crowd, you know, well, Buck, yeah. Buckhead. Yeah, <laughs> Atlanta going hard though. I'm sure Atlanta got some scammers. Um, but it's always that 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 point when they look at shit, it don't add up, it don't match nothing yeah. that they've come across in their right. working career, and yeah. they're like, it's not gonna happen on my watch. And I like, not that I ain't you know I ain't got white man money in my account, but um, just in the airport when when nine eleven had happened, and I'm Ali Muhammad coming through the airport. There was this one, um, I mean, it was quite a few, but this black lady. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. get there, you, you you put, you know what I'm saying? They punch your name in, like, oh, hell no, because, you know, it's already flagged. Right. Then you, like, you know, you got your ticket, you got your your um, ID, you got all you got all what you're supposed to have, right? And um, and it was a buddy pass. This particular time it was a buddy pass. And she was basically, like, not on my watch. Nah, mm-mm. Yeah. Nah, I'm not letting you fly. I'm like, what do you mean? 
You know what I'm saying? Everything's like what I'm saying. Well, everything's legit. Nah, not yeah. the, you know. You won't get on this plane today, sir. Like, why? I don't have to give you a reason why I'm not gonna let you on this plane. We reserve, we reserve the right to refuse anybody's service on these planes, and you're not flying today, sir. And then now you you're upset. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's you, what they want. Right. So mm-hmm. I had to, I, man, I went and bought me a ticket, man, and went into the line and talked to another person and got on the, uh, got on the plane, man. Oh, you but, got on the plane, but Same not that plane. one. I had to get on a different uh, one. Oh, uh, okay. But you know, I had to buy yeah. a ticket. I couldn't fly the buddy pass because, you know, they're shutting it this, down. This yeah, lady man. right here was wanted to be the hero, and that's what it be feeling like. It was like, oh, yeah. mm, God, mm, mm, mm. you ain't finna, you can't convince me that you got mm. this amount of money in your account and you around here with your hair all nappy in the hoodie. Mm-mm, no sir, no sir. <laughs> oh Sam Sam Jackson and Django. You know what I mean? Yeah. Upholding the oppressor. Man. <laughs> the damn shame. <laughs> I hate it. I hate that. I hate what I see it, man. But anyway, man. Speaking of black people, black man with white man money, let's talk about this guy, Franklin Saint. <laughs> let's get into it. Real oh fast. man. Good old uh, Franklin. How you feeling about the show? Before we go any further, is it is are you back or are you still on the egg? Still on the fence with it? Or no, man, what's I'm the coming deal? back. You know they bringing back the favorites. You know it's it's getting there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we right. creeping, yeah. we creeping into you know the storyline that 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 got us all here. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, still in a few weird moments, but you know. All in all, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm invested in the season. I ain't going nowhere. So, you know, all I can do is come here and talk about it. There it is. There you know. Is. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um go ahead, what's your thoughts? Ah, okay. <laughs> let's let's start. Okay. Um you know, you got let's start I'm gonna start with, with Leon Luther King. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leon X, Leon yeah. X. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, Leon's newfound, you know, community building. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and and it took me a long time to really connect the dots of what they were trying to do because it seems like it's like all out of the blue, like all of a sudden he's conscious reading the books and shit. I mean, I don't know if, if I could remember. Didn't Franklin give him a book long time ago that he probably never Might read? It. You know what I'm saying? Probably didn't read it too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. now he, you know, he the one giving out books and you know what I mean. The conscious uh-huh. king of the hood, taking kids on field trips and you know want to mm-hmm. take care. Of. So it took me a minute to kind of put together what they were trying to do, and you know I had to go back to the previous seasons and. And in, in the last season, or the season, you know, whenever it was when he was he was fucked up, you know what I'm saying? He was on the run, and, you know, he was homeless. You know, he had, you know, Franklin Pops had the, the homeless shelter that, you know, gave him refuge. You know what I'm saying? He right. was able to send Wanda over there to get refuge, you know? And, you know, I guess in those low moments, he probably, you know, came to some different understandings about life, especially after he made it through, but they really had to sacrifice uh, Fat Boy, you know what I'm saying? And and he knew that that Fat Boy was going to get it, and he was going to walk. And and so 
he came out of it clean per se. You know, he had his moment with with Sissy when she braided his hair, and and you know mm-hmm. they had that very touching moment. You know, mm-hmm. and then he got back in the game, right? But then back in the game, he came across that problem that he couldn't solve in the projects when my old boy pressed him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's like, nigga, you feeling froggy? I can't wait. I'm itching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to break a nigga down out here. And he had to go get Uncle Jerome. But what it was was that cat who pressed him was letting him know Fat Boy took care of the hood. You know what I'm saying? This shit ain't about money. We don't bang for money, homie. You know what I mean? Right. So Jerome understood what them guys' principles was, was able to go out there, squash it. Now they all work together, blah, blah, blah. I could probably understand that Leon... Wants that same type of understanding and respect in the hood, you know what I mean? Mm, that he wants, yeah. he wants to fill the void. What fat boy? What's fat boy name that got killed? I keep calling him fat boy. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? He wanted to fill that void that they created when Fat Boy got murked. So right. he's doing his best to to fill that role. He's kind of overzealous with it, but you know what I'm saying? He's just like a, a zealot right now, but. Mm-hmm. He doing his thing Cause I, I mean The proportion of what happened Like the raid The way they shot it mm-hmm. Yeah they let the dog You know what I'm saying Chew on um, Einstein But mm-hmm. The way they shot it Didn't look as bad As he, his reaction to it You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. hey, right. hey, He can't do this to my people And Louis like right. Nigga we drug dealers <laughs> you know what I'm saying right. this, this part of the whole shit What are you talking about Cops and robbers yeah, <laughs> You know what I'm saying yeah. like, No I'm going to war You know So I yeah. think You know what I'm saying I, I think It's interesting As a storyline It's just I, I don't think they executed it In a way that Let you feel His turn And feel his pivot um, Like if they had done mm-hmm. that raid In a way Where you It was really graphic And they was really coming through their busting heads And you know what I mean mm-hmm. Then, you know, if they had busted in a house that had nothing to do with the shit and slapped up a mama and, you know what I'm saying, handcuffed a five-year-old, then, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I could understand his reaction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, them busting into the trap and taking some drug dealers to jail, I mean, you know, seems about fair. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, this was illegal shit that y'all was doing. This wasn't, yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? My yeah, man, the police officer with the fake toupee. I mean, mm. he's weird. He don't fit. You know what I'm saying? His character don't seem as authentic as all of the others have been. It's like a, mm-hmm. like a, a, a bugged out casting. But maybe that's the role. I don't know. It just seemed a little out of place. But um, so, you know, you got Leon. Then you got Franklin with his CEO TED Talks and shit. Drug dealer TED Talks. You know, we got to be a family. We got to come back together. Everybody need to come work for me again. Because <laughs> Teddy says so. <laughs> right. Basically. Yep. It's like, yep. man, what is going on? Like, come on, Franklin. You got to understand. Niggas is, is out here doing their own thing. They've been talking about this. Actually, you the one brought it up. <laughs> he was like, hey, we, I want to be wholesale. You know what I'm saying? Forget these corners. You know? So, you know that that that's that's you know that's some funny shit. Uh, Franklin and Teddy, you know, what I'm saying you start to get the gist that Franklin understand Teddy don't give a fuck at all, 
and but he don't know how to handle it yet. He trying to figure it out. Um, yeah. Teddy was like, nigga, if you was in the white hood and this happened, you might have something to worry about. But we don't right. give a fuck about the hood hood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, Franklin was like, oh, Lord. Like, damn, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't need you to be that honest. <laughs> yeah, shit. shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah damn. This is, this is outrageous. So, you know, that's some of the stuff. Or what? The family dinner was funny. When Louis couldn't wait to, you know what I'm saying? Like, nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What, what, y'all, what y'all talking about? You know? Right. And then, See her uh, getting drunk, yeah, right. <laughs> getting drunk, yeah, losing her filter. The Indignant, more she took. yeah. Sissy mm-hmm. popping out the blue. I don't know how the fuck she got from Cuba. She just, right. <laughs> just right. rolled in on a on her own passport and shit. Like doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah, talking about she want to kill Teddy and shit. Mm-hmm. Come on, shit, they ain't she even they ain't even let us know she had enough tools to plot some shit. Especially Teddy. Teddy got the most tools out of everybody, you know, and I think that's why Franklin, you know, that's why he's still kind of in the pocket. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Outside of the money, he's there's a he's wary of him because he know he don't even he can't even fathom to what extent Teddy could go to. He knows mm-hmm. Teddy is ruthless as hell. Teddy will eliminate everybody that gets in the way, whether it's the reporter, whether it's Franklin's pops. You know, whomever, they listen, there'll be a reckoning, you know, because I'm the face of the system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I got the I got the United States behind me. <laughs> and we don't really fuck with y'all off rip anyway, so it ain't going to be shit. You talk about LAPD. Like, that's what he said. LAPD? That's what you tripping off of? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come on, B. That, that was a 38. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen... We could really come through here and it could be real devastating. Mm-hmm. Um I thought that uh I do like to see there's a couple things that I, I peeped. Uh, I'm trying to run it back. Uh yeah, I do think that Leon is trying to Leon always kind of move with haste. You know what I mean? He can be thoughtful, mm-hmm. but he's still like He's still kind of a soldier at heart. You know what I mean? Like, he's a front-line kind of guy, and he, like, sometimes he can move without all the way thinking it through. And I think, to your point, I think that he wants to position himself as somebody, uh, you know, somebody in the hood that holds weight, somebody in the hood that that um, that uh, is looking out for these people. You know what I'm saying? Looking mm-hmm. out for the community, looking out for the projects, these people that he's, you know, still selling crack to, but he wants to, you know, kind of be, he want to hustle, but still be somewhat accountable on a certain level. And then it's also, I think he's trying to redeem himself, even mm-hmm. though Fat Boy got killed before he had to do the stretch. He, he probably still feel that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he was going to, you know, he was throwing somebody under the bus and to your mm-hmm. point, that whole standoff with the other guy uh, kind of put his position in perspective. So now he's trying to, you know, mm-hmm. he's trying to, you know, fast track his way to becoming one of those dudes. Right. And, and go ahead. No, I, I like that. I just don't like yeah. how they presenting it. They presenting it like after school special, Leon. Like, we're going to do some field yeah. trips. You know what I'm saying? Not in a like a real, you know what I'm saying, kind of way. 
And I'm curious to that point, like when you said, because I agree with you, like the way he reacted and the way that it came across on screen, it didn't really match up. Like it didn't seem like you would be that upset based on what looked like, you know, some roots. It looked just it looked just like the shit that happened in the first episode. Right. You know what I mean? Like just maybe just with more key figures. They had Jerome and they had Leon on the ground, but like. It still felt like a, you know, they they hopped out on them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It didn't even feel like a full fledged raid. It just felt like y'all got caught slipping, and we we coming down on you because we we you know, shit. We know what's going on down here. This ain't you know what I'm saying. This ain't like we ran up in a church, right? You know, what, what happened? <laughs> the funny shit is is you know what I'm saying about four scenes later, and they they in Leon crib and the dough split in half. Uh, <laughs> Oh right. <laughs> like it's split down the middle. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's still up there. Like, man, all this money y'all could have got to do dough, man. Why does dough split Quick down dough. the middle? You know what I'm saying? Right. I ain't never Fast. seen no shit like that. <laughs> how, but, uh, how is it even still right. standing and it's split in the middle? <laughs> right, right. How you going in and out of that? We uh, like a saloon it? You know door and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't even catch that. But I'll say the other thing too, and I'm curious. Cause you pointed that out the whole, you know, like, um, setting the scene to make it look bigger. And I'm curious how much of that is as a result of John Singleton not being there. You know what I mean? Cause he got an eye for cinema. He know how to make movies. That was his thing. We make a movie every week, you know, and, with the show, blah, blah, blah. Go ahead. And he had... A, a heart for black culture, especially Los right. Angeles culture. So it wasn't right. just let's slap these elements on the screen and call it a show. It was right. let's bring some humanity to this. Let's show how Doughboy became Doughboy. You know what I'm saying? Let's mm-hmm. let's show how his mother treats him versus how she treats the brother. Let's show all that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and it brings like those little things, the little minutia. What I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Helps bring humanity to the characters, and without that humanity, you know what I'm saying, you just become dope boys and 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 evil thugs, or you know what I'm saying, super thugs or right. super hustlers, like like that he making Franklin, like he just a guy with no friends and no life. He just you know what I'm saying, all mm-hmm. calculations. And it's like yeah. all we see him doing is picking, doing the drop. You know what I mean, waking up. How we gonna buy some real estate and like ain't even no action to his character. Like they just making him want one note, super smart thinking with no peers, and this what we gonna do. Yeah. So Yeah. It's like it's like plot based. It's just hitting the beats, but it's right. not it's not coloring it in. Like it's not, right. you know what I mean? Like to your point. So I'm curious to see how the rest of this shit goes. Cause it's like so many things that just accelerating and you know like I said I'm trying to keep the faith till at least the fifth episode right mm-hmm. but like you know like I said we we established that they started this season you know 50 yards down the track mm-hmm. and hopefully we're gonna see they're gonna backtrack and say yo well this is what set this up this was set that up and they doing it but it's like I don't know if they're going to have enough episodes because they they setting up a lot of little things. You know, the peaches thing is that just gonna is that gonna is that gonna get dealt with, right? All right, bet. Then we got the 
Veronique whole situation on the on the couch where she, you know, clicking the, you know, cocking the gun. You can see that she got some, you know, she's familiar with guns. And then she said, you know, my mom's, you know, the shit that my mom's went through. You know, I had mm-hmm. to, my mom's had to tell me this. So, like, it's hinting to, there's some darkness there. But, like, who could be your mom's? Out. Right, it's the mom because there was a little bit of foreshadowing too. What if your mom's dropped in? Well, shit, we right. going right to Africa that day. So now we right. like, all right, well, mom's about to come in. You know what I'm so saying? That's the question. Who is the mom's? It's probably somebody we was introduced before. Right, right. Or that's related probably, to somebody that's introduced before. Right, right. Now is that gonna is that gonna develop into anything? Um, I will say the whole sissy coming back to try to. Kill Teddy and her sandals and shit. Yeah, and her sundress and sandals. I'm gonna kill Teddy. Yeah, man, what we doing here? You know, like go back to Cuba with all of that, but you know, and then trying to do it on the low without Franklin knowing. But at the same time, you talk about yo, Franklin. If you keep being the dark, because for a hot second, I'm like, yo. Don't tell me she working for the feds. You know mm. what I'm saying? I was like, that would kill me. I do, however, I you know, it wasn't as impactful as the braid my hair situation. But I like when Sissy and Leon are in a scene together. Because mm-hmm. she, can, she could get to them. And I mm-hmm. don't know. We'll see what happens if it resonated. But, like, she could, she could get to him. Because he don't got a whole lot of... You could tell him and Franklin have grown distant. Franklin mm-hmm. is kind of like, you know, it's like the boss. You know what I'm saying? He's like supervisor. It ain't even like, we ain't even cool like that. He's like, I want you to attend this dinner because it mean a lot. You know, he's like the white man now. <laughs> the board is going to be there. We're going to celebrate. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Even his, his, his toast was wild. You know what I mean? It was real flat. You know what I mean? It just, okay, y'all, here, here. You know what I mean? Like, he just, he's like, man, he real khakied out. Um, man, he been khakied out. He been khakied somebody, out, but it was. Somebody like, say they still got dressed, Franklin dressed like a fourth grader. <laughs> yeah, he too. I go to a private school, a Catholic school, Franklin. Um, oh, man, yeah. Then it's also, yeah, that, 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 that cop. Ah man, I don't really like what we talking about. Like I'm not. I gotta. I gotta figure out why he got so much. How he gets so much leverage to where he kind of barking on Louis like that. Like you know what I'm saying. Like he, you know, like man, he was doing just, that. He was doing that since I built this brick by brick. He was dead. No, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the cop. I'm oh, about oh the, yeah, the, the cop. cop. Yeah, you that, don't even know that, who that toupee wearing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I ain't with people all that. But you, the cop coming through and like kind of getting funky with Louis. Like, listen, you know what I'm saying? Look, bitch, this is what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if, if you know, like that's kind of the tone. I don't know if he said all of that, but he was definitely like, I'm, I ain't even trying to hear this. I don't even know why you got me out here under this tunnel. You know what I'm saying? Under this overpass, I'm about to hop back in my whip. If you don't bring me somebody, I'm running down on y'all again. It is what it is. I ain't trying to hear you. I was I was kind of thinking at one point, Louis was just going to just shoot the motherfucker. Just leave him mm-hmm. for dead. You know, like, let's, let's get this ain't done. Be, ain't beyond her. Yeah, that's what I was like, you know, especially since she been kind of tight. You know what I mean? Like, yo, somebody got to feel the brunt of this. I can't pop Franklin. But let me get rid of this cat who's coming through cooking neck bones in my, my establishment. 
You know what I mean? Unsolicited neck bones at that, man. If y'all get the fuck out of here. But who knows? Hopefully they tie that up. It's a lot of shit that's just in the air. And it ain't like to your point. It's not. It's not as. This, the attention to detail feels off right, right, this right. season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they 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 murk they best um, attempt at really bringing some a new fresh excitement to the shit. Right, right. With the young boy, you know what I'm saying? With the with the with the Ferrari yeah. and you know what I mean? And and the swag, they they ain't let him last an episode. I got a question. Do you think? And I thought this was because if it's just for one thing, it was kind of silly a little bit. But like uh, the rapper. Right, mm-hmm. the rapper. It remind me of streets need a body. It remind right, me of right. uh, what's my what's my man's name for raising Canada, the, the uh, Puerto Rican cat. What was his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Famous. It come to us. Famous. It reminded me very much of famous. You know what I mean? Like talking that shit. But then they had him like, you know, he's a weird kid. He's on the roof. He's doing all types of bug out shit. <laughs> like he don't he don't he don't sound like he don't look like what what the record was sounding like. <laughs> but two things that I that I drew from that. One, that shit, and maybe it's because it's coming through them speakers and that's Jerome's domain, but that shit is under Jerome's skin. These motherfucking <laughs> bars. These nah. bars is getting... But, is but you heard what he said, though. On the second like, record? He was like, the uncle with the nephew, he got uh-huh. eyes, but he don't see. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know what that supposed to mean, but it must mean, you know what I'm saying, Jerome is up under his nephew. And he, he yeah. can't, he, something he can't see. Yeah. That shit, Jerome mm-hmm. stopped the tape on that shit. Like, hold up, let me rewind. He backed that shit up. <laughs> yeah. No, he fucking, he fucked his head up twice. Because on mm-hmm. the other record, he say some slick shit about Jerome. And he yeah, say, Romy. Jerome, cool. But, you know what I mean? Like, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. He don't like that shit because niggas in the hood know who Jerome is. So there's mm-hmm. that. But then... I don't know if it's going to link to anything. And if it, if it, again, if it's a one and done, I think it's kind of sloppy. But when they did do that raid, did they snatch up them damn tapes? And can them tapes, obviously, they probably can't be used as evidence for nothing, but it could help get some more insight on how this shit is working. Because right. the motherfucker, whoever was rapping, he was kind of breaking the shit down. Like he was right. like, and then this motherfucker called that person and this guy. It was, know, so it was the ghetto Quran. Yeah, right. Basically, yeah, yeah. Lord forgive me. <laughs> exactly. So there that go. Oh shit. Man. But you know, it's a lot of potential there. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. with the show, I think you know they they basing it so much on the characters that exist and then the new ones that they bringing in that they not really paying attention to some of the things that they used to. You know. Like yeah. the character development that they had going on was, you know, was primo. Now it's kind of like, all right, they in they they in their positions. Let's just let's just change Leon to, you know, Leon Luther, and Jam Jamming Jerome ain't got you no. Know, he really ain't really got no depth this season yet. You know what I'm saying? He just doing a whole lot of yelling. Hey, you know what I mean? So. He ain't really got that texture that he used to have when he was selling weed at the house, and you know, yeah, right. and and then didn't want to be in the game, and Louie had the aspirations, and you know what I mean. It had a little more texture to it, like he, you know, now it's just he just show up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost like a sitcom, the way Sissy walked in to the dinner. Hey, oh Sissy, you know what I'm saying? We about yeah. to have a baby. Ah. <laughs> 
So yes. they just bringing shit in and out. Like it ain't even like getting set up properly no more. But again, I'm here. I'm invested. So I really want to see what they're gonna do with it. Cause you know you 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 wanna you wanna um get to the other side of of something you've been watching and and make sure that you know you, you enjoy this entertainment as you get it. Mm-hmm. But you know some loose ends. Definitely some loose ends. Um, let us know what you think in the comments. Uh, CSP, I see Nadine says she don't trust uh, Veronique. Nobody you know trusts Veronique. Nobody. Love, I, I'm kind of like I'm one. I'm still. I'm still kind of interested to see what they're gonna do with her little backstory. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Franklin has a terrible track record when it comes to women. I but, still, again, I don't think the kid is gonna get born, but that's just me. Right. I um, think I think Veronique is part of Super Smart Franklin's plan. You know what I'm saying? I think he started mm-hmm. out and mapped it out, and you know, mm-hmm. and brought her in to be the COO of his operation for whatever reason. He probably connected with her from you know what I mean somewhere before what we missed. Um, and they're going to plug it all up and we're going to be like, oh, that's, oh, okay, that's where she came from. But it's just done well, so haphazardly. Yeah. Well, you know, he came, she came from that um that deal. She was the lawyer representing those. um Yeah, the bookstore people. Bo- the bookstore people. Um, mm-hmm. But it's interesting, though, and they, they've shown it a couple times. Louis don't seem to fuck with her. You know Nobody what I'm saying? don't. No, nah, they don't. Like, they, but it looked like Louis, you know, Louis, going back to some face acting. <laughs> Louis let you know. Louis let, like, Jerome kind of be playing it. Like, he fall in line with Louis or whatever. Like, it is what it is. He's like, he's suspicious, but he ain't like, it ain't no real, like, attitude. Whereas Louis's like, yo, who who even asked her to come to the dinner? Like, what <laughs> is she talking about? Who is she? You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of that type of shit. I do like that one moment with, um, Jerome and Louis, where he kind of, you know, he kind of said, yo, you know what I mean? I know you're in, in the mood and all of that shit, but my sister just came back. I need you to come to this situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like that he kind of pushed the line on that. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I'm forgetting. Let us know what y'all thinking in the in the comments. Let us know if you, you know, what's your thoughts on the season thus far? How's it compare? To the other seasons, if y'all got any theories, any, you know, anything for the speculation report, anything we missing, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, man. Did you see, we ain't going to get into it right now, but um, have you been checking out Winning Time on HBO? I ain't even never heard of that. That's the, the, um, the show about the, the 80s Lakers. Oh, so that, shit's gonna look, that shit look like it's going to be good. Yeah, that shit just started last week, so it's been two episodes. It's a right so far. It's a right. I like uh, yeah, John that. C. Riley plays uh, Doctor Bus in the yeah. cat. I think his name is Isaiah Quincy or whatever the cat. He's like a newcomer playing Magic. Good. Like it's a, it's cool. It's yeah. a little. It's a few little liberties they take. That's a little to your point, like how you pointed out with this um, snowfall thing. There's certain moments where like shit don't always match the era. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then they did like this one little sloppy thing, like when they talked about when he went from Irvin to Magic, they show like all his press clippings and it says some shit like Magic 
brings magic to the AAU tournament. It's like, wait a minute. AAU was founded in 88. Like, magic was a champ. You know what I mean? Like, that That was... Your research department could have got that off. That was Maybe that, maybe was, that was a decision they had to make, you know what I'm saying, because it wasn't a, something that say it was a youth a youth uh, basketball yeah. thing. Yeah, but don't don't be wrong. Like, <laughs> don't go with the wrong decision. For, for, but, uh, for, the, for the such and such optimist. And they can be like, what the fuck is an optimist? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 man. Who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, they do say they taking liberties. They say it in the little... You know, uh, disclaimer or whatever. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Winning time, y'all. You know, check it out. Maybe we chop it up here on the show or whatever. But um, shit, before we jet out of here, I just want to shout out everybody that came out to the Philly show. Man, it was a cool time. Had a good time. Um, shout out to seeing Layla Glam in the building. Oh, um, word. Duke came. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was out there and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it was good to see her. Um. You know, it was a good time. It was cool. I was, you know, I was a little, I I embraced it, but I was a little anxious because, dog, I had it done an hour and shit over two years. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So it had been a minute. I was like, ah, I got the time, all of this other shit. But it all worked out. It was a good time. You know, um, shout out to Soul Joe, Dan Sherman, my man Law, Tata Sharice for being on the show. And, um, you know, it was a cool little moment. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming through, and uh, keep y'all posted as as more shit develop. But in the meantime, tell a friend to tell a friend, and even an enemy, to get in the conversation. We out.